0: You sound a little downtrodden right now
1: i'm sorry i have a cold and oh, um no. did i give you my cold <laughs> maybe the particles <sighs> travel through the phone all right technology needs to slow down <laughs> i'm pretty actually scared of biological warfare so i mean you should be i know
0: <laughs> um yeah well every new movie or tv show just like basically terrifies me but moving on from that do you watch Black Mirror? Um, I have, I've seen a couple episodes. I saw, actually, that's a lie. I saw one episode, and it was the one with the gay subject matter. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, it's a great one. Is it it's this? It's a, a lesbian love drama. Whoa. To, to stand the test of time, wink, wink, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Well, if you watch the episode, you'll find out. Um... I should add that to my lesbian love drama collection of shows. You should, which would um, make so, it two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I just want to let you know that I'm currently reading from notes in my OG passion planner, circa uh, 2015. Oh 14. my God! Please read them. No, no, I'm. I that was like supposed to be podcast notes. not. Like, what? there's just a lot of. You know how there's a monthly reflection. Yeah. Um, everyone is like, I'm so appreciative of
1: Lauren, oh, uh, my, my ex-girlfriend. Oh, fuck. It's okay, though. I think it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's great to, I think that's kind of the purpose of it, is to have little checkpoints and to, like, know where you were at at that
0: point. Most definitely. And, not to mention, um, it's like, kind of a little time capsule. Totally. So I always kept little journals, and I've always had little notebooks by my side, but it's kind of interesting to see, like, my
1: schedule as well as some note-taking. Totally. And I feel like what I kind of like about it, too, is that I totally am a journaler and note-taker, and, you know, like, I write down ideas and lyrics and people I want to see and all that, but I like how it, it's like my new, just one place for all of that. Like,
0: yeah, I kind of wish there was a little more writing space, like, every week instead of at the end of the notebook, but. Yeah. Um, okay, so this 10 minute has been brought to you by Passion (laughs) Player. I fell into your trap of lies,
1: basically, just now. (laughs) Ugh, I love it. I wish I could just promote my favorite products for a full hour every week. Um, so let's move away from that. Wait, before we move on, this is... (laughs) (laughs) This isn't something that I actually, it's not a product that I love, it's just a product worth mentioning because I'm looking at it right now. For Christmas, my my mom, this is probably where I get all of my like, um, doomsday, like, fearful, what, I don't know what the word would be, but like where I get Uh, all of my anxiety about the world ending.
0: Yeah, there's a word for that. It's like, um,
1: dooms, no, it's, I'll get back to you in five minutes with it, I'm sure. Okay. Okay great. Yeah. Um but so my mom put in all of our stockings this like crazy looking bracelet that um it has like a little knife on it that you can it's basically like a survival bracelet and there's like a little compass and then it clips Wait, together. I like that. It like clips together and then like the the buckle side of it um can be like swiped against the clip side of it as a flint, if you ever needed to make a fire, and then (laughs) the whole bracelet is made out of, like, a braided rope, so... Is it cool looking? No, it's hideous.
0: Oh, then never mind. I thought it was a cool, like, leather thing with some attachments, but no. No,
1: it's not leather, um, but that's interesting that that's what you would want to wear.
0: Um... Well, I'm kind of (laughs) punk. You might not... You might know a
1: thing or two about that. (laughs) Um, but so basically, the bracelet... There's like one of the sides is serrated, the buckle, and then if you look at it, it's actually all woven, and then you can take the sharp end of it and cut it, and then it it unravels and becomes a 40 foot rope. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) So basically, this is like a, a five inch bangle on your wrist.
1: No, I'll post a picture of it so that everyone okay, can see what I'm socials. looking at. Yeah. Okay. But cool. so that's a unique product. I don't know how heavily I endorse it. Um, mm. but it's called Sahara, Sahara Ailer. And mm. yeah, I think I'm gonna keep it in my glove box in case I get stranded in the wilderness and You can
0: throw you can throw it at someone. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um so I was thinking that today Uh, now that we've kind of departed our families and dealt with the family Christmas situation, I was thinking that perhaps we could talk about something a little more (laughs) lighthearted, such as, uh, internalized homophobia. Oh, great! Yeah, which is whimsical, I think. Yeah.
1: Well, because I was
0: thinking about, I was driving, so I'm spontaneously back in California, even though I was not supposed to be, which was part of some crazy solution to weather, uh, caused travel. Oh, the word you're looking for is fatalistic. Yes,
1: thank you. Yep. Wow, you that that mood. that really was five minutes later. Yeah, no, I got it. Oh my um, god. So I was driving through my hometown randomly
0: today, which was not part of my plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's so beautiful, so I'm stuck with that, like, oh, I love it here, I hate yeah. it here, because it's my childhood, and also it's, um, <laughs> it's stunning, um. And so I was thinking about, like, growing up here and how it was sometimes very, very amazing, and we're from California, so we're very f- fortunate to have, like, very liberal environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was thinking about what the deal was with, I think, what you share is my inter- internalized homophobia. Yeah. Of a certain nature. At least I don't have it anymore, obviously. Um, or at least I don't think I do. I feel like I still do. I s- oh, mean, I have some. Um, but, but that was, I think for both of us, one of the major hurdles that we, we had to overcome. I think of all the things, in fact, like even with the Trump thing, even with, um, I've never actually like heard anyone cast dispersions at me, but like, um, actually that's maybe not true, but of all the things that like supposedly stood in my way, I think that is the thing that like really was the hardest to deal with. Yeah, so and I've been thinking about that because you know we're in, we're in a, a paradise tour, sort of California area, so why would that be
1: the case? I don't know. I mean, I think that I don't know. I think that you could. We talked about this a little bit at the end of the last time we talked, but like microaggressions are huge. Like you could mm-hmm. you could be getting messages from your community of like. We love and support gay people, and, like, at Branson, you know, there might have been, like, some out gay guy who totally fit the stereotype, and everyone totally accepted it for that, you know? I'm not even sure if but, we had,
0: like, I think maybe in the four-year cl- uh, grouping, there was one person who was out.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of one person right now, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I think that it was definitely not that person was not ostracized by any means but Mm -hmm. he also totally fit what you would imagine to be like a flamboyant gay male trope um and whether he wanted to or not right that was the
0: role he played for people
1: right which I'm sure is kind of the easiest to do when you're 16 years old and you've come out in a community and you don't Mm. know how to be you know I'm sure he's different now yeah Um,
0: on the other hand I think there were, now that we know, we're all in the directory together, I can pick off, like, five people that I went to school with who are gay women now.
1: I know. Yeah. That
0: were not known to me or the society (laughs) at that time. The society? The society of of gay inquisitors. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Which is which is odd, right? Because like there were many of us apparently, yeah, um, and we did not. It was the thing that did not speak its name.
1: Is that how that goes? The thing that did not speak its name. Uh,
0: never mind. That doesn't sound
1: right. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Move on. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that our world is so heteronormative, and like our mm. cult our culture is so heteronormative, and that's why I'm always like on my soapbox talking about how much representation matters in the media. Right. Um. Yeah. Because you kind of, I didn't even really know that it was an option for me to be gay. I didn't think that I, I fit the mold. And so when I would, like, hook up with dudes and be like, that was really gross, I just thought, like, okay, I'm broken, or, like, I don't like Mm -hmm. any of these guys, or, like, you know... I don't like random hookups, how that's just a nasty thing, like, you know, I always kind of just felt like I was broken, but I never really knew that I had other options or, like, what exactly it meant, like, I just did not know. Yeah, no, that's a, a
0: good way to put it, actually, because now that I'm thinking back, I definitely was not, like, oh, man, like, I'm definitely gay, but I was definitely, like, man, why am I not, like either better at flirting, which is, yeah. uh, something that clearly was <laughs> lost on me, um, I, I have been told many times, and this is actually, like, a whole larger issue of sexism, but I was told many times, like, I'm way too mean to guys when I thought that I was being, <laughs> like, a little bit flirty, right, um, which now I would look back and be like, that is just, like, sexist, uh, fragile male ego moment, but mm-hmm. at the time, I was just like, oh,
1: man, like, another one that I totally scared away Um, I think I should probably put on record that I'm very sorry for, um, trying to force you into a hetero relationship.
0: No, that's, I think that was for everyone's entertainment, though,
1: no? (laughs) I definitely played a large hand in trying to set you up with a guy in my class.
0: But I feel like at the end of the day, you and I were both just gonna go have a sleepover and avoid that. Yeah. So... We both knew just how far that hetero relationship was gonna go. (laughs) Uh, I feel
1: like did I make this up or were we were you accidentally still on the phone with me and Marnie when you were kissing him? I don't think
0: that's accurate.
1: My memory is I think that like
0: everything about it was so scarring that everyone feels like they were involved in that moment. (laughs) Um, I actually, that, like, whole love story is the basis of a story I wrote, um, about boyfriends and needing a boyfriend so badly, because you and I both have older sisters who are around the same age, um, Mm -hmm. and they're both kind of similar in the sense that they're, like, very high-achieving, very beautiful, very put together.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: my sister had a boyfriend basically since she was 15, and I'm pretty sure has not been single for more than, like, two months since that time. Yeah. Same with um, my
1: sister, actually. Now that I think about well, you're sort
0: of the same guy. Mine just like bounced, but <laughs> that's cool. But I feel like there is that expectation that like I would, you know, uh, also have a boyfriend. And so I wrote the story about like my mm-hmm. frustration of not having a boyfriend. And um, that poor man is the center of the entire story. <laughs> um, but the real, the real enemy in that is that I um, was the lingering gayness that had yet to reveal itself, so it wasn't mm-hmm. his fault. I, I did not speak, so, well, maybe I should edit a couple parts of it, but he's fine. He, that wasn't his fault.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, didn't like him. I mean, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing in high school, like, no, they, no. Even if they didn't have, you know, this other crazy sexual identity right. crisis. Um, right. I think either way, you would look back and cringe. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope that I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, Oh god, yeah, I can't even I just like want to block out my first three years of college. Like I just wish it didn't exist. Ugh.
0: Oh. Oh wow. Oh interesting. So that's three years of college. Hmm. It's a long time to be like a sexually mature human and um not be self
1: aware yet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that but I think that like I don't know I just like I said I really thought that something was wrong with me because like I I don't know I think that probably first of all being being gay gave me a a lot of freedom like in hindsight because I was so comfortable in my skin because I was not worried what guys thought about me and not to say that all straight women are but um i totally just did my thing like i yeah i had my friends who i loved i played sports i did a ton of music like especially junior and senior year um and i like you know would write i used to write like books and shit like that so i used to just like totally do my own thing and then i used to do what (laughs) i used to write books whole books yeah (laughs) how long are we talking here uh, I don't know. Th- this was when I was like younger, but I would do I don't know like a couple hundred page books. Like I used to be really into writing what? fiction. <laughs> they're all terrible though. Oh, like okay. they're but like wow. Yeah. Well, I was like really into just my own like creative world and like cool. didn't really give a shit about what was going on around me. And then I'm re- so much cooler than I am. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry, I have a tickle in my throat and I've been trying to move myself away from the mic every time I cough, but... Girl, and, cough away. We need that. Cough light. away. Um, anyways, but I think that that feeling of brokenness kind of started to really, like, st- I started to really acknowledge it when I got to college and I just was like, oh my god, like, I've never been in love. But, yeah, I just really, I was, like, okay, like, now I really gotta, like, hunker down and, like, I've been saying that it's just because Branson was so small. I just didn't meet anyone that I liked there. And then I just, yeah, I, like, tried so hard to, to, like, try to find someone. I, I tried so hard to, to find someone I liked, but I still couldn't. And I just was, like, miserable and I just... I was just so unhappy, and I, like, and it just, now, just in hindsight, everything makes so much more sense, but I was so unhappy for (laughs) that whole period of time, and it's like, oh, I wish that I could have just, I don't, I don't know, maybe it had to have happened this way, but I think in an alternate universe, if I had just been exposed to more Mm. open-minded ideas from earlier on, it might not have been such a struggle to figure it all out.
0: Yeah, No, I have a a theory about that actually because I think that there's something about I mean the Bay Area Area, and especially our county is like so picturesque and so perfect and I don't think, as an adult I don't think that you get to live there unless you had a vision for some idyllic life you were going to lead, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And you you had your eye on this very put together prize um, and you're going to play all your cards right, etc. And I just think that with that maybe involves some sort of like you're trying to preempt what your life is going to look like so you know you're going to have the perfect family you're going to have perfect house you're going to have and it really is a perfect area if you ever visited you know that like the sites are actually unreal yeah um and everyone drives perfect cars and everyone dresses (laughs) perfectly and is skinny and is um basically perfection is like the thing that i identify here um and with that is this sort of sense of like unreal standard and I, I know that a ton of girls in my class um had had a lot of anxiety associated with that like just having to fulfill all these expectations of being um super smart but also like kind of sexy and kind of good looking right um, you have to so be like, like a skinny whole, yeah. hot
1: girl who loves eating hamburgers and like yeah somehow and yeah and oh, are you describing yourself right now
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no but thank
0: you I do. I don't know anyone hamburger. else who ate a hamburger when I was in high school except you
1: and me. <laughs> well, I do I do love hamburgers, but I hate the trope of Oh my god, I'm a hot girl who loves pizza. And it's okay. Are you talking, about Amy, are you talking about Amy Schumer? No. Oh. What are you talking Maybe. about?
0: I think that my <laughs> anger at Amy Schumer just came out. <laughs> I felt it. It was really intense. Oof, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a a story for another day. Anyway, I think there's this this whole idea that, like, everything's laid out perfectly. Like, we're going to send our kids to Ivy League schools, and we're going to do everything right, and everything's going to be set up just so. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that comes with a sort of, like, we were expecting something different. And I think that both of our sisters kind of play into that. Like, really well-accomplished, Ivy Mm League-bound kind of people. Um, And I think that maybe because of that, we were just, like that's the brokenness, that's the piece that said, "There, this is the one option, and it's not working for me, but did not go as far as, like, identifying that we could possibly be gay. Right. Well, But yeah. I do... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, this is coming back to your, uh, another point about you, that you said about um, how, girl, we did our own things kind of thing, um, and I totally in the sex, in the feminism movement, like, there's all this piece about, like, how much of our day as a woman do we spend, like, having to compete for men, like, even when you're a high accomplishing woman,
1: you Mm -hmm. still have
0: that piece that's just, like, still based on men somehow, which is terrible, um, Mm -hmm. and I feel really guilty about the fact that I've been liberated from that battle, (laughs) but (laughs) I know that it's, like, very real for a lot of people, but anyway, that's a different point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I don't know, that obviously goes person to person, and, like, it's not to say that gay girls aren't insecure, straight men aren't insecure, blah, 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 like, all the qualifiers, but it definitely was, like, a burden that we were both freed from, like, not having to, for whatever reason, not having to worry about, about approval. Um, And that kind of worked for
0: me in, in high school, and then I remember the very first night of college when, like, I don't know what it is with the first night of college where people decide that's the night they need to meet a lot of boys, but um, <laughs> a lot of gay girls out there trying to make it work. JK, I wish. Um, but, like, yeah, that first night I went to a frat party, and I was like, what is happening? Like, why is no one looking at me and my fun dance moves? Everyone is looking at boys. I don't get it. Um, and I that was, like, a – that was a – so I had probably felt, like, broken or off, but more, like, in a Liz Lemon kind of way, Mm -hmm. um, and I always really related to Tina Fey until I realized that, like, I was, like, actually just gay. I wasn't, (laughs) 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 I wasn't, um, just really, really bad at the dating thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, in that first night, it was that extreme, extreme brokenness, and then the like, the same night, the realization that I was gay, because I was, like, oops, this isn't gonna work. I had been waiting to meet some college men, and I want (laughs) none of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that I maybe had more internalized homophobia than you or something, because I just, I think, like, kind of like what we were talking about last week is, like, it's almost, it's just kind of programmed into you that, like, being a lesbian is bad. Like, that Uh is not something you want to be. I know it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I think that, like, and I'm not trying to, like, pinpoint any of this on any one person. Like, it's not my sister, it's not my dad, it's not my brother. It's not, not, like, these people specifically had anything to do with my internalized homophobia. But it's just that, like, you, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you could even articulate to a person that hasn't gone through it. How powerful it is and what a, what strength it takes to overcome. Like I had, I I am such a person who needs love. I need to be loved. Like I need approval. I'm the baby of my family. I've been adored my whole life and I love being <laughs> adored. It makes me feel safe and, you know, it makes me yeah. feel safe and happy. Like I, I love being, I love being the adored little baby who makes everyone laugh or, you know, who everyone thinks is like when you spit up (laughs) yeah i love having my diaper changed um i'm trying trying to think about the last time you threw up in front of me i think it was my birthday your birthday my 17th birthday yeah your 17th birthday i vomited for three hours or four daddy you really ruined my night I'm sorry. I I did not adore you that night. I'll just say
0: that. Actually, I did because you threw up and then, like, moments later we're just, like, really hitting the dance floor like nothing had happened. (laughs) So, I respect.
1: Yeah. I, the second that I blacked back in, I was like, it's Danny's (laughs) birthday. And I just, like, jumped up from the toilet where, like, five people were taking care of me and sprinted to the dance floor. Oh, that was the best. And tried to just, yeah, give you the night you deserved. Oh, thank you. Um, gotta love those toga
0: parties. Um, actually, mine was an Egyptian-themed party, so oh, we did the togas <laughs> because was... the toga party was overdone, so we decided just to label it Egyptian. Mm,
1: this was before we really knew about cultural the appropriation and yeah, no, <laughs> internalized homophobia I... and the lot.
0: Right. <laughs> I think that, I think, I'd like to think that we could be forgiven.
1: Yeah. I, I think but... so. Yeah. I think it's crazy when people are like, oh my god, this politician changed their mind like 25 years ago. They said that gay people shouldn't get married. It's like, I'd fucking hope you change your mind. The amount of, yeah. the amount of like, just emo- intellectual and emotional change I've gone through in right. what, five years. Five years, yeah. Yeah, is so extreme. It's like, Um. yeah, of course. No, the- I, I believe that. Someone was trying to tell me that. They were like...
0: Oh, like Barack Obama didn't like gay people. It was my roommate was dating some dude that I didn't really like, and um, <laughs> he's a white straight man with who thinks that he's getting um, not getting jobs because he's white man. Oh God! Um, yeah, um, he said that was like Obama didn't even like gay people, and then tried to send a link to me after a lunch we had, <laughs> and I and so I just started trolling him. I was like, you know, my <laughs> grandma didn't like gay people um then she said she changed her mind but i don't know fuck that girl like (laughs) trying to troll him about my grandma changing grandma yeah that's really funny
1: um
0: yeah so but and i think that even after so that was something that like i think kept us maybe unaware of our because i honestly like looking back like i was gay the whole time like I, i i'm not gonna say i didn't know it but like looking back yeah Everything that I was doing, I was, like, totally in line with me being a gay person, and I'm, like, very aware now that even as, like, a seven-year-old, I was, um, much more comfortable in a sports uniform than a Barbie, whatever, thing. (laughs) A Barbie uniform. (laughs) A a Barbie uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, like, didn't really get boys very much, and, and especially once people started going through puberty, I was, like, I don't get you,
1: um. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I started going through puberty and, like, dressing ridiculously, I was yeah. in seventh grade, like, what is going on? <laughs> is I was still like, everyone? hey, I can throw
0: this farther than you, dude. <laughs> um, which actually continued on until I was, actually, still does. But um, <laughs> yeah, so even after that is said and done, like, that kept us maybe from realizing that we were gay. And then for me, um, God, it made it really difficult between the moment that I, like, when I realized that I was gay for real, like, that was it. I knew it. Mm -hmm. Wow, like, what a fucking emotional situation that was. Like, I was just devastated, which is terrible. That should tell you a thing or two about internalized homophobia, but I was, like, Mm -hmm. this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. Um, Yeah. I wish that, like, it had been any other affliction that I, that I could at least gain sympathy Aww, from
1: i wish i could um, hug old you that's so f- yeah. fucking sad and then it's a year later
0: i i was acting a little emotional or like i think i was just going through a depressed depressed sort of phase which it happens um, from time to time but in this case i think it was related to me like being gay and yeah. not knowing what to do about it um and a friend of mine who has dealt with depression was like hey like maybe you should go see someone mm-hmm. um And I was like, no, I can't. Like, I can't go see someone because, like, I just can't deal with this. And, like, the look of realization on her face when she realized that I was talking about the fact that I was gay was, like, so striking. And then a month later, we just drove around in circles, like, every night for about a month um, Mm -hmm. while we just waited for me to say something. um, Yeah. Even though we both knew what was happening. I was just, like, that's how hard it is. I couldn't say it out loud. Yeah. For, like, a
1: year and a half after I realized that I was gay. I'm really glad you're saying all of this, because I think that it's so important for people to hear. I think it's important for straight people to hear, and it's yeah. also very important for closeted or, you know, not out in whatever form people to hear, like. Yeah. And there's there's a reason why being gay or trans um, or queer, um, there's a reason why there's such high depression rates and suicide rates Mm -hmm. like it really is linked because it can it can be so confusing and isolating and scary Mm -hmm. and dangerous like I mean Orlando in a lot of ways is really earth-shattering because it happened like once I was proud out and proud you know like Mm -hmm. confidently like oh I'm gay and being gay is cool like it's something I want to be like I actually like the fact that I am and so I totally you know thought that I had, you know, reached a new peak, this was, like, almost a year ago, I guess, or mm-hmm. maybe six months I ago, I think it was um, a year ago, But or, so you was the summer, I think, but it was, like, a point of, like, newfound confidence, and then something like that happens, and then it's, like, this is kind of, that's, it's, like, every gay person's worst nightmare, biggest fear, it's, like, you're, I feel like I'm constantly being told, like, it's all in your head, like, you know, nobody, nobody hates gay people, like, everyone loves you, we all love you, like, you know, it's not, it's totally different to be out now, like, but, but you know that every single person you meet, you're wondering if they're the type of person who wants to kill you because you're gay, or if there's someone who doesn't maybe approve, or if there's someone who, you know, even, you're always wondering, like, what type of person's what, and. Right it's terrifying and that's living in for me living in los angeles and knowing all artists and you know weird artsy people like i just you can't communicate how scary it can be and how actual real of a threat it can be like i had um i was driving home from the airport i took a lift and my lift driver was a he was iranian and mm-hmm. he ha- we were talking the whole ride back from LAX. It's like a 30-minute drive, and he was telling me about how he moved here from Iran and how tough it is to be an immigrant, and I just, you know, like, we had this awesome conversation, and then I was starting to feel a little bit weird <clears throat> all of a sudden, like, just, you know, that has to do with being a female in a strange man's car. You're just like, oh, True. God. Like, things are starting to get a little a little much now. And then he was like, so, do you have a boyfriend? Which is like pretty inappropriate to ask um right but I was at the point where I was like I'm done lying about being uh, lying about not having it you know like I'm gonna be out to every single person and so I was like no I have a girlfriend and he was like you're Liz and I just like immediately tensed up and I just got so nervous and I was like uh yeah I, I guess so and he was like you know like that's illegal where I'm from like you can get hanged for that And I was, like, I was, like, okay, and just, like, felt really uncomfortable, and then he was, like, so, like, are you serious, like, you really, you don't like any guys, like, what do you, what do you feel when a guy looks at you, and he was, like, looking at me through the rearview mirror, and I Ah. was, like, so terrified, and I was, like, nope, like, um, I'm actually, like, I don't really feel comfortable answering this, and he's, like, okay, and then it was, like, silent, and I, like, start to text my girlfriend being, like, I'm on my way... She wasn't home. And I was, like, I'm on my way back from the airport. Like, I'm feeling a little bit weird in this Uber or in this lift. And then he was, like... What did he say? He was, like... He was, like, did anything happen to you in your life? Like, were you sexually abused? Like, did something happen that turned you gay? Oh, Jesus. And I was, like, this is really inappropriate to ask, like, um you know, you were just talking about being a minority and how tough it is and blah, 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 and, like, this is also kind of, like, Did you file a complaint with Uber or... Yeah, so... Okay, good. Okay, so, so basically I was, like, this is really uncomfortable, and I, like, said something and defended myself, and then he got really angry and was, like, you're gonna give me a bad review, aren't you? Like, you can't give me a bad review. Like, I really need this job. Like, you better not. And I was, like, no... No, I'm not going to. And I was just terrified this whole car ride. Like we had ten more minutes left, and I've like texted people and like was so nervous. And then we park, and he grabs my phone out of my hand, and gives (gasps) and and gives himself a five star review. And he's like, "I just had to make sure you wouldn't give me a bad review for it." And and so then I was like shaking, and like tears are running down my eyes, and like grab my luggage, and I go down my driveway, and. I close my door, and then I just, like, burst into tears, and I'm, like, crying so hard, and then all of a sudden I hear a knock on my door, and I was like, oh my god, this guy is coming to kill me. Like, this dude yeah, is gonna, like, corrective rape. Like, this dude is angry. He was so angry when I told him I was gay. Like, he could just, immediately, like, everything changed. It was so scary. And... Then I, like, looked out the window, and I saw that it was my neighbor, and I opened the door, and she said she saw me crying and run into my apartment and wanted to see if I was okay, and I was like, oh, oh my god. god, and then I just, like, cried and told her everything, and then, of course, I, like, complained to Lyft and heard back, like, two weeks later, and they were like, here's, like, a $15 voucher. Oh, and, yay. And I was like, okay, this was scarring, and now I just use Uber. Fuck you, Lyft. Let's use our platform now to... I,
0: I did get in a car once with an Uber, or maybe it was a Lyft, and he said... No, it was an Uber who said that Lyft, their background checks went way too far for him to work for them, and I was like, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were on a bridge across the bay, so, like, there was literally no getting out of the car, um, and we were like, uh... Yeah, so that was terrifying. So, that's kids, take care of yourself in the car. But that's a good... Like, you don't... I know that you really wanted to like be out to every person, but that's an example where like you, if you're in a vulnerable situation, I don't know yeah. that you have to. Um... Well,
1: yeah. Well, that was how I learned that lesson: is that <laughs> okay. you, you actually don't have to come out to anybody ever unless you want to. Like, it is not your job. It's not your job to come out to your friends at the time that they want you to. It's not your job right. to come out to your family at the time they want you to. It's not right. your job to come out to any person on the street who makes you feel nervous, it's just, like, if we lived in a fucking perfect, safe world where being gay was the same as being straight, then sure, but, like, yeah. you know, six months ago, 49 people got shot and killed in, in a hate crime, yeah. it's, like, but,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to focus on the negative too much, because I don't want to terrify people, um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, amazing places to be yourself in the world that was kind of my thought like post-election the morning of I was like man like some some of these states like god I hope that you know that there's amazing places out out there where your state is not gonna vote against you like that
1: yeah
0: um totally so and I I mean I'm you've had a lot more negative experiences than I have over the course of these last few conversations but
1: um, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs>
0: maybe, I don't know I feel like you were um maybe maybe you're more more open with people in general and sometimes I'm less open. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: um, possible.
0: I think I pick my battles at times.
1: Yeah. And I, I, but I also just, I feel like I'm I experience a, yet. I feel like I experience a lot of anger from straight men when yeah. they, when they find well, you out that I'm gay.
0: are also more attractive than I am. Let's all <laughs> put on the table. So no. I think they are more excited to meet you perhaps
1: I disagree <laughs> are you being sincere or are you yes I, I this is just uncomfortable but yes I'm being sincere
0: oh is this I'm sorry was this too personal
1: <laughs> yeah I'm just, having a this whole conversation is about how I need more boundaries
0: um sorry Matt. Maddie is a hag she is not attractive <laughs> please do not objectify her voice like that <laughs>
1: Um, ugh, anyways, yeah, that, sorry, that, even just retelling that story got me, like, all freaked out again. But, the point being, what was the point? I don't know, but we're, we're, seeming to end on a low note. What? Yeah, I don't wanna, I don't wanna end on a low note. I guess, I guess my point was that people, when straight people are trying to tell you that, you know, something's coming from you, that, like, your internal, that your internalized homophobia is your problem and your thing to overcome. It's like, yes, it is on you to overcome it. It's going to take a certain amount of strength, but you also need to know that it's totally valid. Like, it's not your fault that you feel that way. It's completely, it's the sum total of all the interactions you've had in your entire life and all the media that's been shoved down your throat. It's a sum total of everything that you've experienced that has made you feel that way. It's not mm-hmm. just that you yeah. are weird for thinking that and that for all the other gay people, we've all had these smooth experiences.
0: No, I had a total embarrassment associated with, like, me not wanting to come out. I was like, how is it possible that, like, being from California um, with ver- parents, I know, like, if not... <laughs> they might have been weird about it, but, like, I knew would be fine with it. Yeah. Um, And it would take them a little bit to be totally normal with it, but, like, they were actually, like, right away super great. Um, But, like, I was so embarrassed. I was wondering why I couldn't possibly come to terms with it, Um, with being gay. And then I think that I was just ashamed of myself for that or, like, for taking my time or for struggling with yeah. it. But, you know, there's a, there's a lifetime of, of unlearning to do. So I think it's, um, the bottom line is, like, kind of allow yourself to feel whatever it is you need to feel. Um, but there are people and networks out there that are gonna just, like, totally open your world up. I remember I was, that came out to a straight friend, and she had had a couple of gay friends, but, like, had never, as many people don't, seen the process as intimately as she, as she did when we were driving around in circles at night trying to figure this out. hmm Um, and, like, I think it was super eye-opening for her to realize that it was, like, just... The craziest psychological experience ever.
1: Yeah, totally. My yeah. mom, mom said that to me recently. She was like, my mom was like, I've worked in diversity my entire life. Like, my parents' business is um, diversity recruiting, and she was like, I, I really thought that I got it, but, like, after yeah. watching you go through this process and, like, hearing from you and hearing your experiences, like, I realized that I didn't know anything at all. Like, I think
0: that yeah. is I, definitely something that, that people... Like, I feel like coming out made me a more aware social critic. Like, I now... Totally. ...understand the minority mindset and, like, get what it means to have systematic issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then have since, like, read up on it a lot and done a lot of research on it. So, like, I actually yeah. am quite involved. But, like, you definitely, like, just don't understand until you understand. And then then it's a light yeah. bulb. Then you can't see it.
1: Right. Totally. But, yeah. Well... Huh. Well, I think that this was a good conversation. Um, I think a lot of, like, like there was that one night that you and I were hanging out um, when you lived in San Francisco, um, when we were, like, having dinner with Kelly, and Kelly was, like, kind of very interested to hear us have a conversation kind of similar to this one, because right. she didn't really know, like, how much, how far is too far, like, what to ask, you know? I think a lot of people are... I think a lot of our straight friends are very curious about mm-hmm. this experience but also want to be respectful. Which Right. And fully, some people don't want I appreciate because I don't want to have this conversation with everyone and I would think it was weird or uncomfortable if certain people just asked me about yeah. of the stuff that we've talked about now. Like obviously you have to feel comfortable, but I'm glad this episode exists because for anyone who has any questions we can just point them to episode five yeah. <laughs> and be like, this is a good place to start. Return of the Sith. um but yeah I I, like I definitely we have such awesome friends and really awesome family too um Mm -hmm. so I I think that everyone's experience is just different and like I know it could be a lot harder and Mm -hmm. I think that we've had it relatively easy in terms of like when and where and how we've had to come out but it doesn't mean that it's not like a freaking life-altering like mind-blowing right. experience to go through it's a huge huge deal
0: yeah for the better which i think that we can oh definitely save for next episode will be yeah. how great and awesome it is
1: yeah that's a good idea next episode should be how happy we are because i definitely am the happiest i've ever been in my whole mm-hmm. life and i think it's yeah. probably the same for you too um,
0: there was a period where I did not think so, but that was less associated with being gay and more associated with, um, heartbreak, which is a part of human life, and, yeah. um, I would love to touch on how, like, It Gets Better also includes a little bit of, um, normal life stuff, but in the end, yeah, normal. overall, it does get better.
1: <laughs> By normal, do you mean hetero? Um, I do, which is actually something I should unlearn. Yeah there yeah. it is there it is we've, we're always working
0: so tune we are, so tune in next week for the uplifting um sequel to this episode yeah next week is gonna
1: be awesome. positivity yeah. yeah
0: come back we've got okay. ellen on the show
1: <laughs> um okay well i i guess i'll talk to you next week yeah sounds good all right Um, right, bye Maddie, love you. Are you flying home right, are you going home back to North Carolina soon? I am going through a tunnel, but I, uh,
0: (laughs) actually that didn't work as well as I thought it was going to. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know what, my travel plans are a little bit crazy right now.
1: So I don't know. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Alright, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Alright, bye. Bye, love you. Love you too. (laughs) Bye.